declaration I want you to open up your heart to. The Bible says you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. An unction from the Holy One. It means you have the ability to comprehend the Word of God. Say, I understand have wisdom as the word comes to me because I am anointed to understand the mind of Christ nothing will be said today that will escape my understanding I'm able to comprehend with the saints the length, the breadth the depth, the height of the love of God and of his wisdom because the spirit of God is within me quickening me with light and understanding in the word of God Amen I have an unction an unction from the I know all things I know all things An unction from the Holy I wanted to sing it prayerfully. I know all things in the name of Jesus. My understanding is quickened because I have an unction, an unction from the Holy One. I know all things. Let's sing it two more times. to every word that will come and is going to establish our hearts in the truth this morning in the name of Jesus. So I want to encourage you, open up your heart to the Spirit of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Open up your heart to the Spirit of God because you have an unction from the Holy One. Hallelujah. You see, the primary assignment, New Testament ministry of the Holy Spirit is this. You know, number one, it convicts the world of sin. Hallelujah. When you go out there and you take the message of salvation, it's the Holy Spirit that would minister to their heart. That's why in the New Testament, we don't preach people on that conviction. It's not your job. You preach the good news. Amen. That's why we don't, we don't preach hell to motivate people to get saved. Hell is not a motivation. In fact, God does not want people to go there. It saddens the heart of God that people go to hell. That is not the gospel. Amen. Hell is not what? 
gospel. Hell is not the gospel. In fact, God wants people to know that they don't have to go to hell. You know, if God wanted us to go to hell, the easiest thing was not send Jesus. Don't just send Jesus. We'll all be on the one-way ticket to hell. Hallelujah. So all God did is so that we can avoid hell by all means. Hallelujah. And that's why the Bible says we have passed from death to life. Amen. If you are born again, lift up your hand and say, Father, I thank you because I have passed from death to life. Hallelujah. You have passed from death to life. So we don't preach people, you know, we don't motivate people with hell. We give them the good news. What's the good news? Hey, because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, you have passed from death to life. Your sins are forgiven. Sir, but my sins are very many. Well, which one is greater? The sacrifice of God or the severity of your sin? If God was to make a sacrifice to forgive your sins, would that sacrifice be sufficient? If God was to do something to help you, would that thing work? I wanted to lift up and I say, Father, I thank you because the sacrifice of Christ for me worked. It worked eternally. I'm a believer in that sacrifice. I'm a receiver of all the benefits of that sacrifice in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Say, I've passed from hell. Heaven dwells in me now. Glory to God. Amen. So the Holy Spirit convicts the sinner of the sin of unbelief. So the Holy Spirit goes to them and says, Hey, come on. There is forgiveness for you. Come on, come on. You can do it. Make that move. Jesus died for your sins. You don't have to die in your sins. Come on. Just cross over. It's about the devil. There's nothing the devil can do about it. Just cross the line. Glory to God hallelujah so he has delivered you from the power of darkness and he has translated you into the kingdom of his dear son glory to god that's what you believe amen you are not one leg in one leg out you are fully in the kingdom of god's dear son if you have believed on jesus as your lord and savior do you understand that glory to god i'd like to give someone an assurance of salvation this morning god wants your heart to be assured you see stop all this 50 50 gospel it's not 50 50 Jesus saved all the way. Glory to God. And listen up. It requires no contribution from your end. Because if they, even if it is 0.000001 that you are required to contribute, he still didn't finish it. So when he, started, when he shouted, it is finished, that means it was not finished. It was semi-finished. But it was finished. So your calling is to believe the finished work to embrace it in its totality hallelujah and to walk in it by faith hallelujah so when the holy spirit comes on the scene he tells the sinner come on you don't have to be a sinner no more you don't have to live in sin jesus is now your righteousness go for god god is calling you god loves you hallelujah do you understand that god loves you don't be afraid to embrace that love glory to god amen then what else does the holy spirit do he convicts the believer of righteousness he says, hey, now that you are in the kingdom, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because you'll be like, how will I know that I'm righteous? <laughs> how can I walk in that righteousness? I wish Jesus was here. You don't need Jesus' physical presence. You have the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So he keeps telling you, you are exactly who God says you are in Christ. Amen. Then you know what else the Holy Spirit does? It convicts us 
of the judgment of the evil one why because the prince of this world is judged so the holy spirit starts speaking and saying you don't have to tolerate any work of satan in or around your life do you know why he is judged bible says jesus defeated principalities and powers so he's the holy spirit that brings that knowledge up in you that hey don't tolerate the works of satan around you don't tolerate anything that satan brings to you because he is a defeated foe every activity of the enemy in your life is illegal satan is a trespasser are you following that's why you must learn to draw the bloodline against him what do i mean bible said they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the words of their testimony what is the word of their testimony the testimony that is in the blood of christ jesus said this is the cup of the testimony in my blood so we speak the truth that the blood has accomplished and that's how you resist satan you see you don't have enough muscles to resist him in the flesh you can't go to the gym and say ah you know you know sometimes you can go there and sit down now i want you to face a place now box the, the satan now box him now box him give him jab box him uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood <laughs> you overcome him by the blood and your knowledge of the new testament in the blood do you understand it praise god and that's why we are here today we want to learn more concerning that new testament in the blood hallelujah do you understand that we want to learn about everything we lay hold on by faith in the newness of life is of the testament in the blood if the blood did not accomplish it for you you can't lay hold on it do you understand that if it's not been done and settled in Christ's finished work, you have no ground, no foundation. You have no substance to lay hold on. So the profession of our faith is about speaking forth the New Testament that is in the blood. And why the blood? Because in his death burial, he shed his blood. Are you following? Then he was raised from the dead to stand as the surety of all that the blood has accomplished that's why the bible says a testament is not of force until the death of a testator when do you read the person's will when he's alive if you try and read your father's will when he's alive oh boy so jesus died that testament went to effect then he rose from the dead to say i'm the evidence hallelujah then he gave us his holy spirit so that we can understand all that has been done in the work of redemption that's why the bible tells us in hebrews 10 that the holy spirit is the witness bearing witness to these things so we have an option we are able to understand and to walk in the truth of redemption hallelujah are you ready for the word i was just trying to get us you know ready for the word glory to god before i go on to the word i would like to celebrate everyone attending you're welcome god bless you thanks for coming give yourself a round of applause you know you can be elsewhere but you chose to be here and i'm confident that the word of god will not leave you the same 
that's the nature of the word it's like a seed incorruptible seed when you allow it to settle in your heart it will produce its own harvest hallelujah so i want to encourage you to open up your heart to learn to take something of eternal significance home to learn something you did not know before to correct a notion that the word of god wants to correct are you following praise god so open up your heart also before i go into the word i want to celebrate our dear friends that are here with us worshiping with us um pastor gide and pastor sammy boari you're welcome hallelujah they are um the overseers at pentecost house hallelujah let's celebrate them praise god you can do better than that. Come on. So I want to welcome us to Bible Seminar. Bible Seminar is a teaching outreach ministry of Tunde Udama Ministries. What this platform is all about is shedding light, or rather, revealing the light of the truth of God. So you can't shed light on the truth of God. The word of God is light in, 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 you know, himself. So we we reveal and expose the light of of the word of god amen so if anything is the word shedding light on us amen so let the word of god read you you know a lot of time we talk about reading god's word it's also good to let the word read you so that you know you know sometimes when you want to scan your system for virus what do you do you let the virus read your system. So that the antivirus, sorry. Uh, the anti and uh, thank you. You let the antivirus <laughs> you let the antivirus read your system, right? So that as it's reading, if it finds something that is not supposed to be there, it starts pointing to it. And the word of God does that too. When you let it read you. Amen. So let the word of Christ dwell in you. This morning we're gonna be talking about uh, God's provision for health and healing. God's provision for health and healing. And this is a very important subject because health and healing is very, very important to any person that is alive. Praise God. Health and healing is very important to anybody that is alive. In fact, in all of our pursuits in life, we need health and healing. You know that? It really doesn't matter how big your ambitions are or how big your vision is. If there is no health to pursue it and if there is no healing in view, despair and discouragement will set in. So we want to study in God's word the provision that God has made for health and healing. God has made a provision for us. And it's important as God's children, we know how to take advantage of that. Praise God. You know, I get opportunities to minister to people, you know, counsel people, speak with people. And you find that, <clears throat> excuse me, you find out that, you know, healing is health, um, living in health or receiving healing is so, so important. Because God forbid, if someone's health is not 100%, then there are a lot of concerns. Praise God. And you know, sometimes there are ways we can act like we are so busy, we are super busy and all of that. If you go to the hospital wards, you find people that have plenty of time. All the important things can wait. Why? Because their health is not intact. You, you understand? So God wants us to know his provision 
for living in hell and receiving divine healing in our body. So it's going to be a study of God's word, all right? And a study is a, a, a teaching session is different from preaching session. You know, when it's preaching, I just assume that you all know what I'm talking about and you know where I'm talking from. So I just keep proclaiming that truth and charging you to act on that truth. Are you following? That's preaching. It's often excited, often animated, and sometimes I can, you know, it comes with different style. You know, people, you know, with all kinds of breathing exercises, and you know, and you know, everybody's raising their chin like, "Woo! I'll preach it!" You know, and stuff like that. You know, it's more exciting. But you know, preaching. I mean, teaching. We are laying foundation, line upon line, precept upon precept, and in in teaching you are establishing people in what the bible calls the doctrine of god are you following because when it comes to doctrine nobody can make up doctrine do you understand that nobody can make up doctrine if you make up doctrine it's, it's going to be heretical you receive doctrine from the revelation that the spirit of god gives and you don't just say i think it's written no when you bring that revelation, then we stretch it from Genesis to the book of Revelation. It will be what? Consistent. Then one of the things that we judge is consistency is that it will get to the cross. It will go through the cross and it will be able to come out. It gets to the cross as types and shadow. Then it comes out showing you the real substance. Are you following? And that's why when they challenge Jesus, why are you teaching these things? He said, well, if you do God's will, you will know that the doctrine that I'm teaching is not mine, but God's doctrine. So when Jesus came teaching, and he could not claim that, you know, he didn't say it, that, you know, he didn't just, he said, listen, this is God's doctrine. So doctrine is received from God. Are you following? And how did God expose us to what doctrine is? He gave us a book. So that we can check the consistency of doctrine, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. In the Old Testament, you will see it here and there in types and in shadows. When you get into the New Testament, you will see the very substance of it. And Jesus is always the substance of it. And that's why when Jesus rose from the dead in Luke 24, and he was walking down the road of Emmaus with those disciples, what happened? When he could have appeared to them, right? He could have, you know, Shown so much of his glory, and like, ah, the Lord, the Lord, woo, ah, yeah, we worship you. You know, that would have been easy, right? But Jesus didn't do any of that. You know what he did? He began to show them from what? From the scripture, from Moses and all the prophets, and in all the scriptures, he showed them things concerning himself. So that is how God establishes establishes us in His own doctrine. Are you following? And that's why you can investigate doctrine. So doctrine is teaching. Do you understand that? And your faith as a believer ought to be established on doctrine. Not what you think, what you feel, or what somebody said. Are you following? Now we need people, we need men of God to introduce us to doctrine. But we are not limited to that. Do you understand that? We have the scriptures. And there is a reason it's called the Holy Scriptures. It means men did not imagine it. It was the Holy Spirit that inspired it through them. Are you following? That's why we have the Holy Scripture. So the Holy Scriptures becomes the guide for our establishment. 
Do you understand that? And that's why the Bible warns against being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. In other words, the teachings that people, you know, this one comes up and says, this is it. Another comes up and says, this is it. Another comes up and says, this is my interpretation. Another one comes up and says, this is my interpretation. He said, those are winds of what? Doctrine. Are you following? So, you don't follow someone's interpretation and that's why while i'm teaching i encourage you open the scriptures and make sure that what i am saying is there in the scripture and you know that song i have an unction from the only one he said you don't need no man to teach you but for the same anointing he's not saying that people won't stand to teach you he's saying but beyond what people are saying to you pay attention to what the holy spirit is confirming are you following it's very very important that's how to be a christian do you understand that you can hear people, but you are, you are, uh, uh, what you are to believe is at the end of the day is what God Himself has said. People can lead you there, but you must confirm it in the scriptures. Do you understand that? Praise God. So that's teaching ministry. So that's what we do on this platform. We teach God's word, you know, receiving the light of God's word, letting the word of God read us and see, okay, this is what God said. You settle it. Do you understand that? You settle it. A man can come floating in the air to say something else. He's, 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 he's not before us. Why? Because that's not what the scripture had said. Even if he goes to the next cemetery and raises all the dead there, it doesn't matter to us. Because when Paul wrote to the Galatians, correcting them, you know what he told them? He said, if I come back and tell you, he said, okay, leave me alone. If an angel from heaven comes to tell you things contrary to what doctrine has established. He said, let him be accursed. So, doctrine is a serious matter. So, why am I talking about doctrine? You embrace doctrine through teaching ministry. Do you understand that? Praise God. But be diligent to, to, to let the word of God be the final authority. And the Holy Spirit confirming that word. Praise God. And that's why if you are going to be established in the faith as a believer, you can't be lazy. Hello? If you are going to be established in the faith as a believer and you are going to grow in your faith, you can't be lazy. In other words, you must be a student of the word, reading and studying that scripture, and engaging the Holy Spirit that God has given you. Isn't God so wonderful? He made sure that every man can have a copy of his word. Isn't that great? That it is not one person locked up in one cupboard that pops his head out once a year and tells us that this is what God is saying now. And we all say, ah, hey, we hear you. No. Praise God. So, you have a copy of the Bible. Can you thank God for that? Thank God for the copy of the Bible. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, for your word. You know, it's a serious prayer because it destroys all excuses for ignorance. <laughs> Do you understand? He said, oh, I wish God would just speak to me. Do you have a Bible? Open it. God has spoken. God in sundry times and diverse manners spoke to the fathers through the prophet as in these last days. He has spoken to us by his son. Jesus is the revealed word of God. Uh, the Holy Spirit moved men to document everything. So say I have, I have the, word of God. the word of God. You have it. Do you understand that? 
So start spending time with it. You will know God. Say, so, oh, I would love to see God face to face. Open your Bible. You see him there. Yes. Amen. How did Jesus show those disciples himself? From Moses and all, from the scriptures. He showed them things concerning who? Himself. You are an established believer in Jesus' name. Amen. You are not the kind of believer that is running from pillar to post at every new revelation that shows up. <laughs> Praise God. Are you getting this? I feel we're having fun already. Praise God. Amen. So, we want to see what the Word of God says concerning our bodily healing because that's one of great demonstration of love of God towards us. You know, there are people that say, oh, you know, God just wants you saved. He really doesn't care about, you know. Some people will say, God has given you eternal life. What are you looking for long life for? (laughs) If you hear anybody say that, that person is sinning. If they ever visit the hospital when they are not feeling fine. Because if being well and alive is not a blessing, why are you trying to get well by going to the hospital? Praise God. Are we following? So, divine healing. All right. Wellness and wholeness that is in our mind and body is part of the work of redemption. Our wellness, our wholeness, our divine health and healing is part of the work of the redemption that our Lord Jesus Christ accomplished for us. Amen. So healing is God's will for us. I want you to say it. Healing is God's will for me. In Exodus chapter 15 verse 26, the Lord ended that portion of the verse by saying, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Hallelujah. I am the Lord that what? That healeth thee. Maybe before we go into all of that, let's try and get an understanding of what healing is. Or let's start with health. What is health? Health is a state of complete, well, complete wellness in the body and in the mind. Hallelujah. That's what health is. It's a, play, it's a, a, a state of what? Complete what? Wellness. Where everything is functioning the way it should and is performing optimally. Praise God. You say such a person is healthy. You check the vitals. You check all the parameters. Everything is working the way it should. The temperature is not below. Neither is it above. <laughs> you know, everything is working fine. You say such a person is in a state of health. It also connotes prosperity in one's body. Hallelujah. Are you following? So when we talk about healing, healing suggests that something has come to perturb that functioning of the body. And there is a need for restoration. Do you understand that? And that's what doctors do. You know, they keep working on you, giving you medicine, checking you. Then they keep checking your vitals to make sure that everything is now what normal. Not just normal in the morning and abnormal in the evening, but normal through a span of time. Then they say, oh, you are well, so we can discharge you. So healing is restoration to health. Hallelujah. Healing is what? Restoration to health. Praise God. Then when you talk about divine healing, divine healing is restoration to health by the supernatural ability of God. 
restoration to health by what? The supernatural ability of God. Now, why am I differentiating healing from divine healing? You know your body has it, the ability to heal itself naturally. Do you know that? You know, you get a cut on your hand, you know, and um, one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks is not healing. You know that's not normal, right? What do you expect? One, one, one week is even long. After a few days, you find out that changes, you know, already happening there. It's healing up. So even the body naturally has the capacity for to heal. That's how God programmed it. All right. But when you talk about divine health, you're talking about a supernatural, the the uh, involvement of the supernatural in that restoration. Hallelujah. Now there are certain conditions that the human body you know, comes into that it is unable to recover itself. It's unable, like there are diseases, they tell you that if you have this disease, just know that you have so, so time to live, right? There is nothing that can be done. There is nothing medical science can do about it. That you know such a condition will definitely need what? Divine healing, divine intervention. And what we are looking at today is that God has made provision for us to be healed supernaturally. Do you understand that? Praise God. And it's so important we learn this truth because our health is, in fact, our health is, whatever you're doing and that you think is important, is important to you because your health is sound. Hello? Are you following? Whatever you are doing right now that you feel like is so important. It's important to you now. It's like your priority now because your health is what? Sound. The moment one's health begins to fail, things you thought were important, what's going to happen? In fact, at work, God, they will give you leave. They will say you need to take care of yourself. So you need to understand that it is very, very important. And that's why God in his love and in his, in his graciousness made provision for our bodily healing in the work of redemption. But I've realized in my interaction with a lot of believers and even in my own life that a lot of times we don't know what we ought to know about divine healing. We don't know how to engage this provision that God has made for us. And it's super important that we know how to engage it. Because it's not everything that affects the health of man that medicine can take care of. Amen. There are even things that happen to people that... (laughs) People who were once wealthy have become poor treating the condition. Now, eventually it worked. They are now healthy, but they don't have money again. Because it's super expensive. So that means that we must learn to take advantage of God's provision. Do you understand that? And not live our life on this level of, ah, there is always Panadol. And if that one does not work, there is Panadol extra. I'll take the extra. Are you following? In our thinking and our mindedness as believers, we must learn to engage the supernatural. And divine healing is also a function of the, of the supernatural. And it's available. That's why we're talking about it. And as a child of God, you need to know. Haven't you wondered that people talk a lot about, oh, why did God allow this? Why did God allow so-and-so person to die? Or why did so-and-so person fall sick? And with all they do for God and all of that. The thing is, if people don't know what God has made available for their health and healing, 
then they will go without that provision. Do you understand that? There are so many debates in the world about, oh, if there is a God, there will not be so much uh, 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 suffering, human suffering on the earth. You know, so you know, why would God allow, you know, a friend of mine, you know, called me, I think should be maybe like last year, almost two years ago, she lost a child. She lost a child. I think the child, a child had cancer and she lost the child. So I was doing a series on divine healing and I was posting it on Facebook. So she had started reading the series. So she called me and said this and this and this happened that now she sees what she didn't know. She said she was begging God to heal her child. She was crying to God and she was like, why wouldn't God heal my child? And that's why when it comes to the things God has prepared for us, we have to understand what they are, how they are, and how to engage them. Do you understand that? Praise God. All right, so it's very important. Now, if you read all through the scriptures, even from the Old Testament, you'll find that God has always been a healing God. All right? So many instances of divine healing under the Old Covenant. Right? So many of them. Let's look at, you know, a few of them. We're not going to read all of them because of our time, but just to, you know, point us to, you know, those um, healing. For instance, in Genesis chapter 20, Genesis chapter 20, if you read from verses 1 to 18, we find uh, Abraham praying for Abimelech and his wives and all his slave girls. Remember that incident. After Abimelech had tried to take Sarah, the wife of Abraham, and God had, you know, shut the wombs of the, 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 the wives and all the females in the household, and even Abimelech himself was affected. And after he repented, the Bible says, uh, uh, God told him, he said, tell Abraham to pray for you. And that's the first instance of divine healing that we find. It was a man in covenant with God praying for another man for divine healing. So that's an example of divine healing in the Old Testament, though it was not even under the law of Moses. Then if you read Numbers chapter 12, Numbers chapter 12, verses 1 to 15, you can write this portion of the scriptures down so that you can read it, you know, at home. Numbers chapter 12 from verses 1 to 15. You see here Moses praying for the healing of Miriam. Miriam had been struck with prophecy. I mean, sorry. (laughs) Leprosy. No prophecy. Leprosy. After he, he, I mean, after she, you know, challenged the servant of God. But God had, you know, I mean, Moses prayed to God for a healing. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 9 to 20, we see here God healing Anna. Anna. Remember Anna? All right. She was, you know, at the temple talking to God that she was barren, she wanted a child, then God supernaturally healed her after her prayers and the declaration of Eli. Now, if you look at 1 Kings, 1 Kings 13, 1 Kings 13, 4 to 6, you see King Jeroboam there was healed. Jeroboam was healed after, you know, he, he, <laughs> he had attacked the man of God, stretched forth his hand in judgment against, you know, the a prophet and his hand 
and his hand withered. How many of us remember that? The, his hand withered. Then he took the prayers of the prophet for the hand to be restoration. So this, to be restored, rather. So these are instances of divine healing in in the scriptures. Praise God. In First Kings seventeen. 17 to 24. 1 Kings 17, 17 to 24. You can write this portion of scriptures. Elijah, remember Elijah raised the son of the widow from the dead, from death. Remember that? Elijah raised the son. Now, now, why are we classifying a miracle of being raised from the dead with healing? Well, because even when people die of a disease, you just bring them to life without the condition that killed them being healed. You know, they will just die after five minutes again or the next day. <laughs> you understand? So when people, maybe someone dies and they are brought back to life, healing, gift of healing is involved. Because whatever condition killed them, that killed them is reversed. So that they don't die the following day. <laughs> Again, praise God. So a lot of time being raised from the dead is not just life being put back in that person. It's life being put back and whatever was wrong in that body being fixed at the same time. Praise God. In 2 Kings 4, 8 to 17, 2 Kings 4, 8 to 17, we see Elisha. I'm, I'm saying the scripture so that you can go back home and study them. So that you can see that healing is not just a concept of the New Testament. Are you following? God has always been the God that heals his people. Do you understand that? So we're saying healing is something God does. In fact, God was not under any obligation under the old covenant to heal the people. It was, it was not. Why? Because under that covenant, they had agreed, they had made the agreement that, look, whatsoever you say to us, we will do it. If we are not able to do it, the consequences should fall on us. But God still did not let the full weight of the consequences of their sins fall on them. Because of his gracious nature, he still stepped in and healed them from time to time. Hallelujah. Are you following? So in 2 Kings 4, verse 8 to 17, we see Elisha. Elisha granted a child to a formerly barren Shunammite woman. She was barren. But after Elisha, you know, declared a prophetic word, she was healed. Are you following? Barrenness means something is physically wrong, all right, with the, uh, entire, with the reproductive system one way or the other, that the child, the woman could not naturally bring forth children but after the prophet declared that word whatever was wrong with the reproductive system was fixed supernaturally are you following praise god so that's another example another example is second kings chapter 4 verse 18 to 37 now this woman that had received a child supernaturally all right through divine healing the child died the prophet came again and raised the child from the dead are you following now the child was you know was shouting was playing all of a sudden was shouting and you know fell dead the prophet came raised and again when this child was raised from the dead whatever caused the death in the first instance was also what supernaturally reversed are you following and we're talking about the same god he's the same yesterday today and forever and as his people he wants our hopes and our faith to be very high as touching healing supernaturally do you understand that and let me say this it's important as the church that we preach this truth of god's word because let me tell you the truth 
whatever is not preached to you, you have no faith for. Let me say that again. Listen, wherever you are right now in the work of your faith is a product of what has been preached to you up till now. And if what has been preached to you up till now is unable to bring you to a point of faith in receiving what God has for you, then you have to unlearn and relearn. Do you understand that? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is what you hear that determines what you believe. There are people in the body of Christ that believe that healing has been done away with. That God does not heal anymore. There are preachers that say, well, you know, God had to heal so much then because there were not so many advanced medical uh, equipments. But now that there is so much advanced technology and equipment, God does not really heal like that. Let me tell you why we don't see those kind of healing. Because we are not preaching it. Hello. It is because we are not what? Preaching it. Why? He that ministers the spirit to you and works miracles amongst you, he does it by what? The hearing of faith. People cannot manifest what is not preached to them. Are you following? Do you understand that? Do you understand that? When Jesus walked the face of the earth, he didn't just go everywhere healing people. That is not what happened. When he walked the face of the earth, when he was going to begin his ministry, what did he do? He found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. For he has anointed me to heal. No. To preach. Hello. He has anointed me to do what? To preach. To declare. And what was he declaring? He was declaring freedom for the captives. Healing for the bound. Right? And it was those people who heard what he preached, that changed their position and say, wow, this is now available to me in God. And they were the ones that received. Do you understand that? Praise God. So if you keep sitting under the idea that, oh no, healing, God's not interested in healing, you'll find out that you'll be hearing testimonies all around the world of amazing healings happening to people. You'll be watching it on YouTube and Facebook and website and, and you'll be wondering, why, why is my own case different? Your case is not different. The same God is rich unto all. Yes. The same God is rich unto all. He did not apportion a lesser uh, 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 he did not give a lesser portion of the healing or miracle to you. He didn't say, ah, ah you know now, you know, this is 2021. Ah. <laughs> Jesus died 2,000 years ago. They've been using the thing, so you know. Yeah, you know now, and you know that you know that you people have increased in population in the world too. So, so you just manage, just manage, eh? Bele, go and see Doctor BJ. <laughs> no, Jesus Christ, the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. What's the difference? The word preached. Praise God. What's the difference? The word preached. We're not preaching the thing. We're acting like, you know, there's technology that has replaced it. And that's why, you know, I've listened, I listened to some heavy-duty evangelists. Likes of T.L. Osborne. He says, he says sometimes when they, when they hold their crusades and their healing rallies in 
Even same with Charles and Francis Hunter. Do you know Charles and Francis Hunter? You don't know. You don't know. You will know. <laughs> Charles and Francis Hunter. And those, they say when they hold their rallies in, in the United States and all of those places, you know, people get hit. But when they come to Africa, eh? you know the difference between the United States and Africa? When they come to Africa, they see fearful miracles. Hello? What did they see? They see fearful miracles. They see legs growing out. They see body part that was not there appearing. And it was the same gospel that they preached in America that they preached in Africa. What's the difference? <laughs> People in Africa, <laughs> hospital, where, where, which one? They know that if God does not heal you, you know you are finished. Do you understand that? And we must not make that mistake. Are you following? I am the Lord that healed thee. I did not say don't go to hospital. That's not what I said though. We need hospital, you know. Women give birth in hospital. People check up, do check up. People, you know, we need hospital. In fact, thank God for medicine. An hospital, yes, many Christians will have died. They won't get the opportunity to learn about healing and all of that. So, even hospital is God. Are you following? Helping people. If you tell me, I went to the hospital, they helped me. Ah, thank God. Now you are alive to now learn to depend more on the Lord that He let thee. Do you understand that? And that's why sometimes, you know, some people, they say, ah, you, your blood is short. We need blood to give you blood to take a life. I say, no, I don't take other people. Ah. Okay. Stay alive. And there are people that have died that way. It's their, choos- it's their choice, you know, and stuff. But what, what am I saying? We must become strong in the revelation, the Lord, that he let us. Do you understand that? doesn't mean you don't use medicine you don't go to hospital but i'm saying you will get so strong in that revelation that you it gets to a point you won't even need to are you following because you now know how to stand strong in the faith because they try their best though let me tell you they don't even heal people what they do is they help your your body has a natural ability to heal itself but sometimes certain things have happened to it that it can't so they help put your body back to that condition where its natural process can overtake whatever was wrong with it. Do you understand that? That's what they do. My wife is a doctor. Am I correct? Eh? Okay. Are you following? That's what they help you to do. They, you know, what, all those medicine you are taking, I know, it's not like it's curing you in that sense. It's maybe something is overpowering your system, right? Or maybe your, your system is producing something that is sort of excess, right? So they give you something to reduce the excess production of that thing that is hurting your body. Like, like stomach ulcer, for instance. Your, your stomach is producing too much acid and it's affecting the walls of your stomach, causing you all kinds of... So they give you medicine that would reduce the production of that acid so that it's, it will not be causing bruises and scars in your stomach so that your stomach can have space to heal itself because the body heals itself. So I'm saying all this to let you know that they do their best. Are you following? 
but there are conditions that they don't even have the medicine. They don't, they, they don't even know how to affect the thing. So they just give you medicine that just maybe give you six more months. Do you understand that? And it's not free. Is it that you are paying for it or someone else is paying for it? But it is the Lord that heals us. Do you understand that? So please, don't be the kind of Christian that say, eh, there is this technology, there is that technology, so you are not going to develop your faith in the provision of God. God forbid they tell you you have something that medicine Sometimes medicine, we even say they've never heard it before. But he is the Lord that he let us. He is the Lord that he let us. And do you know that we didn't write, take placards. They say, he lost, oh, he lost, oh, he lost, oh, he lost, oh. We no go grieve, he lost, oh. <laughs> is that how God says, okay, okay, calm down, calm down. I am the Lord that he let. Is that how he made the no, every promise of God he made because that is his heart of love. Say, I'm the Lord that healed you. Ah, that's a provision in God. Hallelujah. That's a provision in God. I didn't beg him to make that statement. Right? If I come to you now and say, you know what? By tomorrow morning, I'm going to give you a check. And tomorrow comes, I write you a check. And you look at it, one billion dollars. You have mixed feelings. This guy does not look like he has one billion. This, this check is a prank. He's a joke. Ah, Pastor, now why are you playing with me like this now? Eh? But if you look at the check, you see 10,000 naira. Ah, you, you can, if you even see 50,000, you'll be like, ah, not bad. Look at my shoes. <laughs> so you can take my promises seriously based on what you think I'm I'm what what is God what he is the Lord that heals you hopes and your faith up for the supernatural do you understand that where healing is concerned is available in God. But if, if, you, if you drive yourself in your mind to a point where you don't believe for it, then you go without it. And the same God is rich unto all. You guys, God, I saw a testimony somewhere. You did this for someone. It's for me too. Do you understand that? Praise God. Why? You have believed the word and you are standing to receive Amen. All right. Let's ask ourselves a question. Now that we have at least established in part. Now, I, I don't want to start going into the New Testament to show, your, show, your, show us healings. Because all the healings and miracles of the Old Testament combined are not up to the healings and miracles Jesus did in one day. Just one day of ministry. So you will not doubt if I begin to show you from Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Let's even leave Acts of the Apostles. Let's talk Jesus. Because Acts of the Apostles is talking about you, the church. So I'm still dealing with you, 
on getting your head straightened up and your hopes up and faith up in receiving healing for your own existence. I'm not started talking to you about how it is your responsibility to take healing to the world. But we'll get there. Meanwhile, I can't teach you everything about healing to do. Because one, I don't know everything about healing. <laughs> then the little I know, time will not permit to exhaust it today. But please, if you will live with anything here today, live with a fresh fire of hope and faith kindled in your heart that he is the Lord that heals me. Do you understand that? Even if you have a medical condition, it is not a hopeless condition because it is the Lord that heals me. Hallelujah. My hope is up. Do you understand that? Glory to God. Amen. All right. Let's quickly try and understand where sickness and disease comes from. Where does sickness and disease come from? Because there are different school of thoughts. Some think that it is God that sends it. Once I say, ah, oh boy. I've been trying to get his attention. I've been trying to draw him near. Let me look for one disease that will get his attention. God is not the author of sickness and disease. And I will show you in the scriptures. I am not defending God. I cannot defend God. God's word defends him. Do you understand that? Can't defend God. Nobody can defend God. Amen. Now, God is not the author of sickness and disease. If you read Genesis chapter 1, which is a book I believe we are all familiar with, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void, was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Then God said, Light be, and there was light. And everything he was saying, everything he was saying, and after a while, the Bible says, and he saw that it was good. And he said, let the firmament bring forth all kinds of birds and creatures. And they brought them forth. And he saw, and they were good. And let the earth bring forth. And he saw, and it was good. Then he said, let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness, so that he would you know, rule and, and all of that. And he, from the dust of the ground, he, he formed the man, he breathed into him, and man became a living soul. And he saw, and it was good. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? So, what was the remark that God gave to everything he created? Good, 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 good. No corruption, no disease, no sickness. Everything was what? Good, good, good. The only time God said it is not good was when Adam was walking around, walking all day, playing with monkeys and lions. And God looked at the guy and pitied him. Hey, yeah, It is not good. For man to be alone. Then he went ahead to make the most beautiful of all God's creation. The woman. 
Praise God. You know, guys, you guys can just somewhere. Amen. And after he made woman, God said it was very good. So, guys, you are good. <laughs> Ladies, you guys are not smiling. Okay, all right, let's get back to the word of God. <laughs> Praise God. So, God's remark for everything was what? Good, good, very good, very good. Then God gave them an instruction. He says, all right, I'm going to, God planted a garden and he put them there. And he says, listen, of every tree you can freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you should not what? Eat. For the day you eat of it, you will what? You surely die. Death there. That was the first time death was mentioned. Do you know that? Death was not part of God's creation. Death was an option should man choose it. So what happened? You know the story? In Genesis 2, 17, he said the day you eat of it, you shall what? Surely die. In Genesis 3, the serpent came in and that was Satan had taken body in a snake, came and tempted Eve and Adam fell and they partook. What happened that day? They died. The experience of man changed and that was the introduction of corruption into the world. Do you understand it? That's the origin of everything you call death, including sickness. Because sickness is a process of death. Because if you are sick and you don't get well, you know now. It would lead to death. Do you understand that? Praise God. So, it's a process of death begun. And that's why, please, don't tolerate any process of death. Don't say, eh, it's just... It's just small pain. Resist it in the name of Jesus. Do you understand that? Because you don't know the plan of that small thing. But you can determine his future. So to cut the long story short, Genesis 3, they fell. See what God said. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. So that we understand the origin of sickness and disease. Genesis chapter 3. So, I'm going to read from verse. Um, verse 14. Now, God began to tell them the consequence of their action. Verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou hast cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, upon thy belly, shall thou go, and thus shall thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Verse 16. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow shall thou bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Verse 17. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cost is the ground for thy sake. Hello? The earth partook of that cost. 
cost is what? The ground. Did the ground do anything? But because of you, Adam, the ground is what? It's cost. That's why, you know it's not man that falls sick. Even plants fall sick. You know that? I studied at Greek, so I know plants fall sick. Because we had cause when we studied diseases of plants. Yes. Animals fall sick. The whole of creation was plunged into that corruption. Do you understand that? But its root is what? Man. Imagine Adam say, hey, snake, 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 snake. You know how we do when we see snake now? Snake, 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 snake. Yeah. Instead of eating. <laughs> Who would have had a problem? <laughs> Praise God. Excuse me. Wait. Sorry. We would have had that problem. Because the guy would be like, hey, that snake, snake. You guys should have seen the way. Maybe that's why we deal with snakes that way. Unless it tells you to go and eat another food. <laughs> Praise God. So, it says, Cursed is the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall, bring, shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herbs of the field. Praise God. Verse 19, in sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread till thou return to the ground. Now, God didn't say anything about him returning to the ground before. Before the fall. Right? Let's make man in our image, at our likeness. God is an eternal God. Therefore, man was created to be an eternal being. Are you following? But now, because of his sin, his body will go back where? To the ground. Do you understand that? For out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. That's why when you go for burial ceremony, you say dust unto dust, ash to ash, blah, 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 blah. But thank God for redemption. Because you are just burying a case. If that man is saved, his spirit and soul goes to be with Jesus. Do you understand that? Praise God. All right. So, Thou is the genesis of sickness, disease. Nature became particular of corruption. That's why sometimes people, sometimes people are born. Even people that have not done any wrong, they are born with disease, born with malformation. Why? Because nature has been corrupted. Sometimes things that are supposed to go this way, they start going this way because of the sin of Adam. Do you understand that? In fact, there was an incident in the scriptures where there was a man that was born blind. And the disciples were asking Jesus, who sinned that this man was born blind? Did the parents sin? We understand the parents sinning. Or did the man sin? Ah. Someone was born blind. You said, did he sin? I don't understand. How can someone that was not born could have seen so that when he now was born, was born blind. That's a very intelligent question. But Jesus said, Look, neither these guys, he even ignored the ridiculousness of the question. He said, Neither him nor his parent. He said, But that the glory of God might be seen. 
Are you following? Meaning there are things that happen, not even because anybody sinned, but because Adam sinned. And the sin of Adam had what? Corrupted the earth. Do you understand that? Praise God. And that is why where your health is concerned, don't subject it to nature. Don't have this attitude of what shall be, shall be. You may not like what shall be. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because, you know, time doesn't fix things. When you take an apple, perfect looking apple, put it on the table, come back after seven days, what will you find? Corruption. Right? Corruption. But if you had left that apple on the tree and no bird attacked it, nothing, what will happen? It will still be there. Why? There is a constant what? Supply of life. So what we are supposed to do as children of God is to learn to plug in to the constant supply of the life of God. To keep us healthy, strong, and young as we fulfill God's assignment for us in life. It's necessary. Do you understand that? So don't just sit there and say, well, whatever happens, I'll just feel better. No. You need to know how to engage God's provision for your health and for your healing. Do you understand that? Praise God. So in a nutshell, that's the origin of sickness, disease. Now, of course, (laughs) there are many ways people can make themselves sick. Do you understand that? For instance, if you stay up seven days without sleep, you are inviting trouble. But I'm talking about outside you inflicting injury to yourself or living foolishly in a way that can harm you. The real root cause of sickness and disease is the fall of man. Because it was after that fall that we started hearing things like the earth is cursed. In pain and agony, you bring forth children and things like that. And do you understand that? Then he tells the man, you've come from dust, you are going back there. Praise God. So that's the origin. Amen. So I'm saying this to let you know that it is not God. He said, but was it not God that said it? God simply told them the consequence of their action. Do you understand that? And because, listen, when man sinned, man activated something. It is called the law of sin and death. Have you heard that before? Romans chapter 8. Huh? In fact, turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Romans 5, 12. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. How did sin enter into the world? By one man. What's the name of that one man? Adam. By one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men. For all have sinned. So what happened was that Adam was the representative of all men. Because from him all men came. So the moment he sinned, he passed that onto all men. All humanity. That's what the Bible means when he says all have sinned. Right? 
Verse 13, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned. Where did death come from? Go back to verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and what? Death by, death by, if Adam had not sinned, death would not have entered. And everything that aids death, what are the things that aids death? Sickness, disease, Poverty. Everything that leads to death. Are you following? Aging. You know, aging is a, is a process of corruption. Praise God. But don't be dismayed. If you live out the full length of your life, you are going to start afresh with a new body in a new heaven and a new earth if you belong to Jesus. So you see, that is how God is making everything new. Do you see that? That is how God is what? Making everything new. So he said, nevertheless, death reigned after, uh, from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. So the origin of sin, of, of sickness, disease, corruption, is sin. The law of sin and death was kicked into motion. Hallelujah. Amen. And the whole of creation was subject to it. If you study Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 18 to 26, it tells you that, read it in the Amplified. The whole of, in fact, can we quickly read that in the Amplified? Romans chapter 8, verse, verses 18 to 26. If you have the Amplified, let, let's have it. You know, this is why I encourage you at the beginning. Teaching, we're laying it, we're getting understanding, we're getting understanding so that you can act on that understanding. Yes, Romans 8. Let me have it so I can read it out. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Look at this. For I consider from the standpoint of faith that the suffering of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed in us, to us and in us. For even the whole creation all nature waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration and futility, not willingly, because of some intentional thought on its part, but by the will of him who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will also be freed from its bondage to decay and gain entrance into the glorious freedom of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been mourning together as in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only this, but we too, who have, who have the first fruit of the Spirit, a joyful indication of the blessing to come. Even we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the sign of our adoption as sons, the redemption and transformation of our body at the resurrection. Hallelujah. That's the Amplified. He's describing the, the pains, the bad pains and, and, and groanings of the whole of creation. Why? Because it's been subject to what? Corruption and bondage. And decay. And he also wants to come to the glorious liberty of the sons of God. So you see that the world, creation and everything is not the way, is not in that good state. Originally, that God had for it. Do you understand that? 
praise God. He's not. Amen. So that's the origin of it. So the whole creation became subject to corruption and death because of the disobedience of man. The earth, its produce, its, its products, man's body, man's mind became subject to corruption and death. Sickness and disease has a spiritual cause ultimately. And that's what we talk about. And that cause is the law of sin and death. Romans chapter 8. Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Let me show you something. In Romans chapter 8, if you read verse 2, it says, thank you. Romans chapter 8 verse 2, it says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. So, there is something called the law of the spirit of life and there is something called the law of what? Sin and death. Adam's disobedience activated what? The law of sin and death. The wages of sin is death. Because of the sin of Adam, creation was corrupted. Do you understand that? That's why, you know, people are born with, you know, some people are born and they've not done anything. They've not, and that's why don't go around telling people that uh, that thing happened to them because of sin. Do you understand that? Can sin cause sickness and disease? Yes, but it's not a big factor in getting healed. Do you understand that? Because even he says, is anyone sick amongst you? Let him come to the elders. He said they will pray for him. He said if he had committed any sin, he shall be forgiven. Do you understand that? So you don't hold on to that as an excuse for not getting healed. In fact, sin consciousness will keep you sick. Praise God. So the oppression of the law of sin and death subjected the whole of, cre- of cre- uh, um, the whole world to corruption of sickness, disease, and death because of Adam's act of disobedience. Nature began to behave differently from God's original design and intention. And that's why you do not have to have committed sin personally to partake of Adam's disobedience. You only needed to be born in Adam's image and live in a world that is ordered by the law of sin and death. That's the spiritual principle of sin and death. And that's why, you know, we come into this world, there is sickness, there is disease, germs, and you know, all these things just, you know, they're just there. Praise God. So, the two ultimate reasons for human suffering, whether sickness, disease, and whatever it is, is the sin of Adam. Why? Because the disobedience of Adam opened the door for death to come into the world. So, you need to understand that. So that you don't keep asking, why is God doing this? God did not do this to you. God is not doing this to you. It was man that opened the door to sin. And through sin, death came in. Are you following? He attached himself to nature. He became a law. He called it the law. Laws are principles. If you're a science student and they say the gravitational law, you know what they're talking about, right? They're talking about a principle, right? It will behave the same way wherever you are, largely, right? It's a law. It's a principle, Right? It's a principle. That's why you're even in university. Without principles, you can't be in university because the things you need to study must behave in a consistent way all through time, right? For you to be able to study it. Imagine gravity changes haphazardly every three, five, six, six, and you have... We can't build anything because nothing is constant, right? So that's the nature of law. The law of sin and death came into motion. Then the second thing that this disobedience of Adam made possible was that he gave Satan the advantage. Are you following? He gave Satan the advantage. 
Satan takes advantage of the law of sin and death to oppress humanity. Remember Acts 10, 38. Our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost of power. Who went about doing good? Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So Satan takes advantage of the law of sin and death to what? Oppress people. And that is why there are times people are having disease in their body because of satanic oppression. And that's why you read in the scriptures, Jesus would cast out the devils and the people would be healed. And that's why most of the times, instant miracles usually have the involvement of demonic activities. Do you understand that? You go to a meeting and they they say, you foul spirit of cancer, get out in the name of Jesus. Usually, those people are healed instantly. In cases where they are not healed instantly, maybe the person's stomach was all big, bloated. I'm telling you, once that spirit leaves, in a short while, you know this is a miracle. In a short while, because the demonic spirit powering that oppression has left. And most incurable diseases have satanic oppression behind them. Do you understand that? Most of them. I'm saying most because, well, there are, well, there are things that are even called disorders that people are born with because maybe their blood cell took a different shape. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when it comes to, you know, cancers, stroke, and a number of some of these diseases, a lot of time demonic activities are behind them. So every time Jesus cast out that spirit, there was instant recovery. Do you understand that? And what gave Satan that room? The sin of Adam. Praise God. So that's, that's the root cause of disease. It's either as a result of the falling nature, such that the things are not behaving the way they are supposed to, because nature itself had been touched by the fall, or Satan is behind it. Do you understand that? But never will you find God behind sickness and disease. Now, I know you can open several scriptures in the Old Testament and say, and God smote this person, and God smote. God simply let the consequence of their they are seen. It wasn't God that even brought that disease into the, into, into the experience of man. Praise God. Why am I taking time to explain this? If you think God has a hand or God is, you know some people say, you know when God wants to increase our maturity. Listen, this is how God will teach you. This is how God will instruct you. Even rebuke you. This is how God will rebuke you. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable unto doctrine, unto reproof, unto correction or rebuke, and unto instruction in righteousness. God will use his word to straighten you out. Do you understand that? He will corner you with his word and set you straight. He will never inflict you with sickness or disease. It is not God. Do you understand that? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power and he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He didn't say healing all that were oppressed of God. God is not the oppressor. Why? He is the Lord that heals us. Do you understand that? 
God has no hand in sickness and disease. He is the Lord that heals us. He's not trying to get your attention. Do you understand that? You know, there are instances that people have been healed in scriptures. Then Jesus tells them. He said, go and see no more. Less it was sin comes upon you. He's telling them, don't go and give the devil a bigger opportunity to, to afflict you. Do you understand that? It wasn't, and it wasn't because their sin was so special. Because everybody Jesus ministered healing to was a sinner. True or false? Everybody Jesus ministered healing to was a sinner. Is that true? Because Jesus had not gone to the cross. But did he heal them? Was there anybody who said, ah, Step up! Peter, James, pull, take him back. You great sinner, you're just... No. In fact, if anything, they were saying Jesus was usually hanging out with sinners. He wasn't sinning with them. But when they saw him, they liked him. Because he wasn't condemning them. He was showing them the mercy of God. Because sinners are just people that have lost their way. And you, you were once a sinner. Before God found you, you know, he said, I found God. God was not the one that was lost. (laughs) You were the one that was lost. So God found you. You know, I found Jesus. You found him. You were not looking for Jesus. You were lost. You didn't even know what you were looking for. But he came to seek and to save. So when they lost, when they saw him, they said, thank you. We are lost. And they started hanging out with him. But he made superstars out of them. Amen. They didn't have to carry the burden of their guilt, the shame of their sins. They found love and forgiveness in Jesus. Do you understand that? So when Jesus tells them, go and see no more, and so that something worse will not come upon you, a lot of time, the problem with those people is the guilt and shame of their sin was what was opening the door to the devil. Because if it was a law, then Jesus will have told everybody he healed. Don't go and sin again. Don't go and sin again. Because they were all sinners. Do you understand that? But there are some people. They are so, you know, they are conscious. Guilt. And nothing opens you up to the Satan's assault like guilt and condemnation. So he said, look, there is no provision for you to say you are the righteousness of God. So the best you can, go and, don't go and sin. Because if you sin, you will drive yourself under condemnation till the devil will take advantage of you. Does God want us to sin? No. Praise God. Do you understand that? But he doesn't want you under condemnation. Praise God. So the root cause of human suffering, sickness, disease is spiritual. It's the sin of man. And the way it has impacted nature. But I have good news for you. God provided a solution that is also supernatural, that is spiritual, 
and that is also a law a higher law yeah it's called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is a law is a law the same way the sin of Adam opened us up to death the obedience of Jesus opened us up to life the same way the sin of Adam brought the law of sin and death and corruption upon humanity much more much more the obedience of Jesus brought the reign of life are you following so you need to renew your mind I am no longer under the law of sin and death. I now live under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? So all things are working together for the good of my health now. Because I'm under the law of the spirit of life. Everything about me is life. I'm under life. So I will not tolerate or permit death. It will not thrive around me. In the name of Jesus. Do you understand that? And that is why what you must learn to do is to acknowledge what God has done. Do you understand it? Listen, sickness has no right to lord it over you. And you have no right to sickness. You know some people say, so how is it... This my hypertension. You don't have any right to sickness. You have been delivered from the power of darkness. You don't, it's not your property. Stop t- taking things that don't belong to you. Stop personalizing it. Do you understand that? Don't. You know why? You are no longer under the law of sin and death. You are now under the law of the spirit of life. He says the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. It's a law. Do you know what a law is? You know the law of gravity. If you jump up, you're coming down. If you put two massive masses beside each other, they will attract each other with a force that is directly proportional to the product of their masses and inversely proportional to the square of their distance apart is the law of universal gravitation. You even is so constant that you even use it to calculate two charges from massive masses to two charges. You apply the same principles, right? Are you following? It's a law, it works. Do you understand that? It works. Healing is a law in you now. Healing is a law in you now. Because of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's a law. It's a law. It's not something you are trying to see whether God will do. Or trying to bear, oh God, can you just, you know, just have mercy on me. Just this once. No. It's a law. It's a law. It's a law. First Peter chapter two, first Peter two twenty-four. Write it down, open to it. First Peter two twenty-four. Himself took our infirmities on his own body on the cross, took our sins on his own body on the cross, so that we being dead to sin might live 
unto righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. God dealt with the cause of sickness and disease in the redemptive work of Christ. Do you understand that? So you now open up your heart to believe the truth of the work of redemption concerning your healing and you begin to profess it so that you can live under it by faith. Do you understand that? It's a law. You have been freed from it. Praise God. You have been freed from sickness and disease. So you need to stand up for it by faith. Hallelujah. You need to do what? Stand up. Who opened the door for sin and death to enter humanity? Adam. Right? Who opened the door for righteousness and life to enter humanity? Jesus. Whose son are you now? Whose? Adam's? Are you still in the Adam's family? Which family are you in now? Christ. Hallelujah. So what do you do? You align your faith, your belief, and your works with the reality of Jesus. Are you following? You align it. You, and you do this consciously. Praise God. How do you do it consciously? My time is gone and I couldn't even exhaust my notes. So I'll just look for a convenient place to round up. I'm going to be teaching this for a while. Praise God. Because there's a lot to learn about working in divine healing. It's simple, but you have to be knowledgeable because if you are not knowledgeable, you know, and, and you know, some a lot of times, some of us are just used to one way of receiving healing. Oh, when a very anointed man of God comes to town, very, very anointed man of God, when he comes to town, then maybe he lays hands on me, then I'll, I'll be healed. That's good. That, that's good. But what if he doesn't come? Or he comes, the crowd is so much, he can't lay hands on you. That is good. But do you know in Christ Jesus, your healing is in the past tense? He took our sins on his own body on the cross, so that we being dead to sin might live unto righteousness. By his stripes we were. Is your status in Christ. You have healing. Is part... Let me ask you a question. Are you born again? Lift up your hand if you are born again here. If you are not, just put it down. It's okay. We'll get you saved before you go. But okay, put your hand. Here. Are you forgiven? Your sins are forgiven. Lift your hand. Let me see. Your sins are forgiven. Now, if you are born again, your sins are forgiven. In case you don't know, so okay. You know, I said you are born again. I said you are forgiven. So people drop their hands. <laughs> That's what it means to be forgiven. If you are not forgiven, you are not born again. If you are born again, you are forgiven. Do you understand that? If you are forgiven, you are born again. Do you understand that? Do you know that it was the exact same sacrifice that forgave your sins that healed you? Do you know that? Do you know that God did not separate it? It is a Jesus, save them. Then later we'll see what we can do about their healing. No. Isaiah 53. We'll read three more scriptures and we'll go. I will have to close now. 
I thought one and a half hours would be enough. We just got halfway through the message. But don't worry, we'll continue some other time. We'll continue next month. Are you there? It was part of our Bible reading. Isaiah 53. I didn't give you a portion of the Bible to read. <laughs> I didn't even remember. But you read the right one. Praise God. Isaiah 53. Look at this. He says, from verse 3, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with griefs. We hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he had, hello, surely of a truth, he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him, stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our he was bruised for our iniquity and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. Was Jesus beaten? He was. That beating is for what? Our healing. Say Jesus was beaten. Therefore I am healed. Matthew eight seventeen. He is the Lord that heals us. Matthew eight seventeen. I'm going to read from verse sixteen. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirit with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. What did Jesus do with our sicknesses? And he, he took it and he bore it. When he healed them, he was acting on the promissory note. When he went to the cross, he paid the price. But do you know what he now did when he rose? He looked at his disciples. He says, these signs shall follow you. Now that the price is paid, you will both live in health, you will have access to divine healing, but guess what? You will also be a distributor. And I'm going to preach this truth until faith rises in our hearts. Because whatever is not preached to you, you have no faith for. Remember that sequence? How shall they call on him of whom, in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear except they be a preacher? How shall they preach except they be saint? For how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of praise and bring glad tidings of good things. Then Isaiah said, they have not believed our report. What's the report? Isaiah 53. By his stripes, you were healed. By his stripes, you were healed. You must begin to 
build your faith on this truth. Because you will need it someday. You will. Everything God has made available to us in Christ Jesus, we will need. That's why he made it available. But I have good news for you. He is the Lord that heals you. He is the Lord that heals you. A lot of believers have embraced him as the Lord that saves. But they have not embraced him as the Lord that heals. But I want you to embrace him today as the Lord my healer. The Lord my healer. I want you to rise to your feet. I want you to embrace him today as the Lord my healer. You know, like I said, there is so much to this. I can't possibly share everything. Or we'll spend all day here and probably all of tomorrow too. But start renewing your mind to this truth. God loves me. God heals me. God loves me. God heals me. I'm getting my hopes up. I'm getting my faith up. God loves me. God heals me. And in Christ, he has finished the work. I'm a receiver. I'm a partaker. Start renewing your mind to the truth of God's healing. Start renewing your mind to the provision of God concerning your healing, concerning health. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want us to say these words with faith and with boldness. Hallelujah. I want you to say it with so much, you know, boldness. The word of God has come to you and I believe that faith has come to you. Hallelujah. So I want you to declare them as words of faith. Amen. The Bible says that all the promises of God in Christ Jesus, they are yea and they are amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are going to declare that which Jesus has done for us. You know, pastor was sharing with us at the beginning of the meeting that we overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. So we are going to declare in faith that which the blood of Christ has accomplished for us. And I want you to declare it like you really believe it. Hallelujah. Do you believe God's word that has come to you today? Hallelujah. I declare that Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. I declare that Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Therefore, I forbid any sickness or disease to come upon my body. Say it again. I forbid any sickness or disease to come upon my body. Every disease, every germ, every virus that touches my body. It dies instantly in the name of Jesus. Every organ, every tissue of this body, of my body, it functions in the perfection that God has created it to function. I forbid any malfunction in my body in the name of Jesus. I forbid any malfunction in my body in the name of Jesus I give attention to God's word I incline my ear to his sayings I keep them in the midst of my heart and they are life to me and health to my body God's word is life to me and health to my body the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me Therefore, every part of my body that is afflicted 
and is and is failing is rejuvenated in the name of Jesus. I speak life to my body. I speak life to my organs. I speak life to my tissues. I speak life to every cell in my body. In the name of Jesus, I am liberated from every hereditary affliction. I am liberated from every hereditary sickness. In the name of Jesus, because the life of God is flowing through me, I do not partake of any sickness or disease in my natural lineage. I am disciplined and I maintain my diets. I eat well. I rest well. In the name of Jesus, I eat well and I rest well. In the name of Jesus, I am not a gluten. I am not ruled by my appetites. In the name of Jesus, Jesus was pierced for my transgressions. He was crushed for my iniquities. The chastising for my well-being fell upon him. Therefore, I declare that by his stripes, I have been made whole. The Lord has sent his word. The Lord has sent his word. And he has healed me and delivered me from every sickness. Therefore, I declare that every affliction in my body is pulled out from the roots and withers away. In the name of Jesus, I bless the Lord my God. I bless the Lord my God. And I forget not his benefits. He has pardoned my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. And he renews my youth. He heals all my diseases. And he renews my youth. I have crossed from death to life. My experience is life. My experience is life. My strength never abates. My, my eyes don't grow deep. In the name of Jesus, I declare that I'm a blessed man. I'm blessed in my body. I'm blessed in the fruit of my body. I declare that every organ in my body is blessed. My heart is blessed. My kidneys are blessed. My brain is blessed. My muscles are blessed. My blood is blessed. My muscles are blessed. My bones are blessed. The life of God is flowing through me in the name of Jesus. I live until I am satisfied in the name of Jesus. I do not die prematurely. I do not die in my youth. But I live until I am satisfied. Until I fulfill my cause on this side of eternity. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! Go up with a shout of praise!